We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Hello and welcome back to Her Hoop Stats Unplugged. As always, you're here with Megan Gower and it has been a crazy couple of weeks in ACC play. So here today with me is Marissa Sisk from our Her Hoop Stats team. She handles our bi-weekly ACC roundups, lives in the, the triangle area, has been to a lot of ACC games this season. And we're going to talk all about all the crazy things that we've seen over the last few weeks in the I just think straight chaos is probably the only way to describe it in league play so far. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like starting to write my roundup for this week and I was like, okay, the 29th is crazy. And then this week happened. I'm like, well, I guess we're not even okay. Close to that. <laughs> yep, exactly. It's just been, I think, no, everyone thought the ACC was going to be really fun going into the season. A lot of top teams, I think it's exceeded expectations in terms of like how good top to bottom it has been so far and the amount of upsets and things like that we've already seen to start off conference play. Yeah, we're only in week three. Yeah, week three of full play. Obviously, there was that random one in November and then a couple in December, but yeah, third week of full go. All right. So starting out, I feel like maybe we start with what, in my opinion, is probably the most shocking thing, which is Duke at 4-0 in conference play, undefeated, wins over NC State and Louisville, top of the standings, just like we all predicted, obviously. Um, but just what have you seen so far from the Blue Devils that kind of has accelerated that? Celeste Taylor and their defense, and those two things are not mutually exclusive. Um, In Duke, going on the road to their big win at NC State, um, she was excellent on both sides of the floor. A lot of people are going to point to her offensive performance, but uh, Coach Carol Lawson said in postgame that she was actually more impressed possibly by her defensive performance um, and was just there at every turn um, when they needed her, basically. And 
in a sold out Reynolds Coliseum. That turned out to be a lot. Um, but it really has been the defense for them. I think they they're allowing the fourth fewest points of anyone in the nation. Um, I was working on them earlier tonight, but I've moved on. Um, and just their ability to shut down other teams on defense um, is probably the top thing you have to look to. And then a lot of contributions from across the board again in that um, NC State when Elizabeth Balligan went six for six from the field. So that's another, they're getting contributions from a lot of players. Um, I think another big one would be the development of Cheyenne Day Wilson as a sophomore now um, running the floor for them. Yeah, definitely. A player that really impressed, I thought, in her freshman year, and she's been kind of even better now that we've kind of gotten into stride of this season. So that's been really good for them. I feel like, no, I don't want to like jump to conclusions because it's only like four games in, but it feels like Duke is certainly inserting themselves into the conversation of, you can't leave us out of talking about the title race for the ACC. Yeah, especially with like, not that they've played up to expectations exactly this season either, or they've played not up to expectations where Duke has exceeded them, but um, they've already beat the team that was the pretty much unanimous pick to win the conference in Louisville at home in Cameron. So if that gives you an indication of not only were we apparently wrong about who was maybe going to win the league and not that Louisville still can't, but um, just a statement on how Duke is kind of picking up not only the big upsets like the one in Raleigh, but also kind of some of the games that no one would have really picked them to win going into the season or even maybe going into that one. Yeah. And kind of on that note, maybe talk about Louisville a little bit too, because I feel like they started the season obviously way worse than expected going from a top 10 team to quickly out of the AP poll. And I thought maybe by this time of year, like Jeff Walls is a really good coach. They have some great pieces. They would have righted the ship, but I haven't loved what I've seen from them so far in ACC play either. They haven't been amazing, but they are three and one. That Duke loss is their only one. Um, and that was, again, on the road, seven-point loss in Cameron. I think um, that game combined with the um, – I guess not combined with because it was two games before that, but the DePaul win seemed to be a good win for them to kind of get stuff together. Um, I was at that Duke game, and Coach Wells was actually, like, pretty happy – overall with what he had seen he just said that um Duke's defense again was pretty much a shutdown in that one um Haley Van Lith started out really cold for them and then uh got back to more Haley Van Lith type play um but I think that DePaul game seems to have gotten them gelled a little bit even though they did drop that Duke game since then and then their other three games they've beat in conference play, they've uh, beat a Syracuse team everyone expected to be better than last year, but no one would have picked probably the orange in that one either. And then same thing with Georgia Tech, although that one was also only an eight-point win. So I definitely agree with you that they haven't certainly lived up to their almost unanimous conference winning um, prognostications by those of us in the media. Um or the ACC has a blue ribbon panel, which is a combo, but um, they certainly haven't lived up to that, but they also haven't have definitely improved since their kind of rough stretch in the Bahamas, I believe. Yeah. 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 I sometimes mix up which <laughs> where. Yeah. I mean, at this point, like once you're through Christmas and the holidays and the That's new the year, thing. I feel like I was like, Thanksgiving feels like. I could have told you. 
<laughs> but like yeah. <laughs> some of them went to Mexico, some of them went to the Bahamas. Yeah. So Yeah. Yeah, I think it'll be interesting when we see them against some of these other top teams in the league. But the thing that stood stood out to me and you pointed out with Georgia Tech, and I think it was the same with Pitt, is just the single digit wins over kind of the two teams that are rounding out the bottom of the yeah. ACC. Yeah, the two winless teams in conference play. Yeah. So yeah, but I still think the team has the pieces and they have tough balls and they can get it together. I just, I feel like still haven't really seen them quite give the type of performance we're expecting yet. Definitely not. Yeah. That's certainly fair. <laughs> all right. I'm trying to think where to go next. Maybe I'm jumping all around here, but circling back to kind of maybe the group of teams we thought would be in contention at the start. So we kind of talked about Louisville, maybe not measuring up to those expectations, but then I think you've got a group of three other teams that were in that conversation at the start of the year, maybe four other teams in terms of like Notre Dame, North Carolina, NC state and Virginia tech is the one that I'm saying maybe wasn't really in that top conversation, but I think probably deserved to be somewhat in that group. I think Virginia Tech was picked second. Okay. So maybe they were. I thought yeah. they were not. <laughs> okay. They were second, but yeah. Um, going back from the bottom of the standings, I guess, to um, UNC, the team that no one would have expected to be one and three in conference play, even if you didn't necessarily expect them to be at the top of the table, um, lost their first conference game at home to Florida State and then went on the road to Blacksburg and Coral Gables and dropped games to Miami and Virginia Tech, which would give them a three-game conference losing streak and then a four-game overall going back to their game with Michigan in uh, right before Christmas. And then they came back yesterday and finally won the game against Notre Dame, one of the other teams we had mentioned near we expected to be near the top of the table, and they are. Um, speaking of yesterday, they uh, both, Paulina Paris and Deja Kelly, made it clear that they did not think it was going to be a ugh, can't talk. Um, going back to yesterday, they both Deja Kelly and Polina Paris had basically kind of put their foot down in post game and were like, we were not losing this game. It was not going to be a thing. It was not going to be acceptable. And we were not losing this game. Um, and to their credit, they didn't. Um, they also said there was a players only meeting on Friday after that uh, four point loss in Coral Gables. Um, so we'll see if this is a turning point like they're saying it is or if they continue kind of floating around. Yeah, that'll be interesting to see if they can kind of make that mindset shift that it seems like was there in the Notre Dame game and have some more success going forward. I think a big theme for this UNC team kind of throughout the season has been just like some inconsistency, right? They've played some tough games and a lot of times it's felt like the first half has just been like extremely lackluster and then they'll play really well in the second half and be able to dig themselves out of the hole a lot of times like they did in I think it was that they were in the Thanksgiving tournament out in Oregon yeah and they beat Oregon and Iowa State both with big second half runs but when you dig yourself into that hole it becomes hard to come out of it and you're not always going to be able to do that so hopefully maybe this is kind of the turnaround for them to be able to really play that 40 minute stretch at the level that they're clearly capable of playing. Yeah. I mean, they were, like I said yesterday, they were really happy with their performance as they should have been. Um, 
17 point deficit in that Iowa State game that they managed to come back from. And then they just kind of played a more complete game yesterday. And Notre Dame was never really out of it. But um, North Carolina was able to kind of uh, pull that one out. And then they have one on the road at Charlottesville, speaking of much improved teams. But then they come home for Duke and NC State back to back. So that will certainly be a test of the theory. Yeah, definitely. I think we'll know a lot about where this team stands after those couple games there. So it's a good stretch of learning coming up. All right. Um, Okay, so that is North Carolina. Maybe if we keep moving up the standings with that kind of top group. The next one there is Virginia Tech. And I think at three and three, of course, we can talk about injuries some here, which we can in other places too, but they're still without Ashley Owusu. Elizabeth Kitley also missed a game in that stretch. So they've definitely had some injury trouble that's playing into that three and three start. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. What was their other... Other conference loss. Coral Gables, Blacksburg. Oh, the Notre Dame game. Right. Okay. Okay. So going up the standings a little more. Yeah. Like you said, Virginia Tech, three and three in conference. They were picked, I believe, second in the league. Um, And they don't have, they have one big upset loss. Clemson beat them at home, but the other two were kind of teams that they probably would have been picked to beat, but it would have been close. Um, that Notre Dame 11 point loss at home was kind of a weird one and not what you'd expect um, to have seen there. Um, they have been hit by injuries a little bit this season, as have a couple other teams, including um, a couple of the other teams we're going to talk about in that top chunk of the bracket. Um, Liz Kitley didn't play this last game, and then obviously Ashley Luce has been out for a few. Um, but yeah, dropping the game at Miami and then at home to Notre Dame. Um, but yeah that game against Notre Dame obviously the one that they would you wouldn't have necessarily expected them to lose but it's kind of the most logical of the two that 11 point loss at Miami and that uh loss at Clemson by five points definitely not um I don't think any casual basketball fan or even fairly quote-unquote diehard ACC women's basketball fan would have picked that Clemson loss yeah, the Clemson one is definitely a head scratcher. It's just kind of like, how do you lose that game? Especially when you're talking about trying to vie for an ACC title. I think all of these teams, right, we've seen these upsets. But if you're trying to win the title in this league, you're really trying to avoid dropping the type of games like that that you should be winning when, you know, there's a lot of really tough matchups coming in in that battle for the top. And then Miami, also a head-scratcher, but I think, and we'll talk about it, I'm sure, later in this episode, but I think, like, Miami is a team that's surprising to start the season as well. Miami's surprising a lot of people, and, like, I think, even if you're like, okay, I can see why Miami won this game, the fact that they won it by double digits, um, and that's actually what I was literally just writing about before we hopped on here, and just that 11 point, they were only the second team to hold Virginia Tech below i believe it's 40 percent no they were the only team only the second team to outshoot virginia tech from three on the season and the other team is actually high point (laughs) is the other one and high point actually almost doubled them up from three on the same number of attempts but um yeah the only only the second team to outshoot them from three and 
Miami also held them, held the Hokies without a field goal for the last almost six minutes. So you're not going to win too many games if you go on a nearly six minute scoring drought. Yeah. Or sorry, six minute field goal drought, but mm-hmm. essentially. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Either way, not a good way to win games. <laughs> um, and then the Hokies also only scored 29 in the second half, their smallest output in a half this season. So definitely a strong performance on Miami from the offensive side, but defense was definitely the story. Yeah, for sure. So another head scratcher there. Hopefully, I don't know, and you might not know the answer to this either. Have we heard anything on what when Owusu is expected back? Because I feel like that's just such a huge part of what I we're supposed to make. I haven't heard anything on her, no. Okay. Yeah, I also haven't. So I think, I think she tweeted something like, can't wait to get back the other day, but I mm-hmm. don't think there was a time frame in that tweet at all. Yeah, I, that is very probable. I feel like this team is so hard to judge right now because of that, because there's just such this big piece of what their team should look like missing and it's well, hard to I, evaluate them. Without yeah. It. And then you add in the Kitley injury, she missed last right. game. I don't know what her injury is exactly either, but um, if you're losing the, if you lose the reigning ACC player and preseason player of the year, that's not going to help your squad. <laughs> Yeah, I think I saw hers was just like a precautionary like ankle sprain type thing. So it sounded like hopefully nothing long term with that. Not caught up on that one yet. I actually, I just, I saw a random tweet. I feel like I don't remember who tweeted it to get the credit, (laughs) but I did see a tweet that said something about an ankle sprain and precautionary. Um. Moving up, I guess, to the next team in that top group in the standings, we've got NC State at three and two. Another team that we got to talk about injuries is becoming an unfortunate theme across like all of women's college basketball this year. But they were without Diamond Johnson for a stretch there, so that's playing into. I think they had her back for one of the losses, but the first loss, I believe, there was no Diamond Johnson, and she's. Their leading scorer and just such a big part of what that team does, so that plays in. But yeah, Jada Boyd was out for them for a few games too. So yeah. those two, um, Diamond Johnson, like you said, their leading scorer, and then also kind of, kind of the spark a little bit. Um, both of them, if they, because I've been to a decent number of games up in Raleigh this season, and kind of both of them have the ability if the team's kind of slowing down or not running right, uh, they can spark them back in. Although one bright spot for them has been Sanai Rivers, who has picked up a lot of the slack. Um, and as a South Carolina transfer, she's been really good for them. Yeah, and I think something that as they've had players out, if they can continue getting that production from her now that they're back, I think that'll be huge. So, yeah, I feel like it's almost like not worth talking about that Duke loss just because it's like, okay, they didn't have these key pieces. It is what it is. But the Boston College one – this past week is a little bit of a head scratcher as well. I feel like it's another one of those losses you wouldn't necessarily pick. And then they also had Boyd and Johnson back in that game. Yeah. And actually the intervening win, they only shot 11.8% from beyond the arc, which is their second worst performance of the season. I think if I was looking that up right. And you're again, not going to win very many games shooting that from beyond the arc when you do shoot a decent number of threes. Um, yeah, Coach Moore was not real happy on Thursday night, as you might expect, because I was actually at that game in Boston College, and he was just not happy with kind of some of the shots they were taking and then some of their defensive laps. And some of them were, not to be rude, but 
pretty epic. There were a couple Boston College's freshman Tana Mayer um, hasn't gotten as much shine as um, Tanai Lotson, obviously not. Although this week she is the ACC freshman of the week, breaking the all season streak by Lotson. But um, there were a couple of plays where she literally was allowed to drive to the hoop un- unimpeded. And for a team that has as much pride, the three-time defending ACC champions, yeah, uh, Coach Moore basically phrased it like, we're not really living up to the standard of this program right now. Um, they did get the win on Sunday to kind of break that streak as well. But, yeah, that game against Boston College, they don't lose too often at home in Reynolds, period. And then to kind of drop one to a team that I think was picked somewhere in the lower chunk, lower half, of the conference um not one anyone saw coming especially because coach moore and that fairly senior laden laden team does a pretty good job of kind of picking up the slack or getting writing the ship pretty quickly i guess yeah and especially when you look at what this team was able to accomplish kind of prior to the conflict the conference season they were outside of their loss to UConn they didn't lose before ACC play started they had that win over Iowa South Florida good win to Georgia so they've definitely had a lot of success to start the season so an an interesting start to conference play for a team that has really seemed to find their footing pretty quickly even though they had a lot of lineup changes to start the year yeah and to lose um to have both their upsets at home again Reynolds is a really tough place to play I think that Boston College game was the only game that they hadn't preemptively sold out all season like I think the rest of the season is sold out so um yeah Yeah. well you love to hear that about the sellouts but yeah not a great place to be losing when you have that kind of home crowd advantage there are some things that are too good to keep a secret like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. All right. The last team in that kind of initial teams we thought were in that top tier, Notre Dame, which until Sunday was undefeated in conference play. They started off 3-0. But they drop that road win or road game to uh, North Carolina that we talked about briefly earlier. So now they're moved down to, to three and one on the conference season, which is, I mean, pretty respectable. Like especially that big win at Virginia Tech, nationally televised game. Obviously, last uh, last night was as well. Um, but to lose a I mean, they have a ten. They have an eleven-point win on the road in conference play and a ten-point loss on the road in conference play. And then the other two, um, 
they beat Boston College by a bunch, which suddenly looks better. Um, and then they beat Miami by just three. So, I mean, I don't want to say, I don't know that Coach Ivy would agree with me, but I would say they're kind of uh, performing pretty solidly even um, with that loss last night. Yeah, and a big part of that loss yesterday too was they shot horribly from three, which I think this team has proven that they can shoot the three. So just an off night, and there's not really much you can do about that, but it happens, and yeah, it cost them the game. But I feel like it doesn't change my opinion about where this team is that much because of that. One thing that was interesting is Miles was sitting for a while um, in the fourth quarter, and it was actually a pretty close margin. Obviously, the final margin was ten. I'm not sure why that was we didn't actually uh ask coach ivy about that but yeah miles was sitting down obviously she's their spark plug she burst on the national scene last season um if you weren't paying attention to acc play in the ncaa tournament and that win against oklahoma so to see her on the bench in the fourth was kind of um an interesting thing to see but again it's hard to overcome a really rough shooting night especially on a loud in a loud road environment yeah exactly so I think still in a good spot when you're losing games in this league, you want it to be, to, if you're going to lose a game to be to that top tier and not be picking up losses, not against that group. So I think overall, not a, not a horrible loss to pick up in general. I don't think anyone's making it through this ACC season undefeated nope. in conference play. So there's going to be losses, but overall, I still feel like, I don't know. Actually, I'm curious what your opinion is on it. It's like, if, do you think Notre Dame is the favorite to kind of come out on top right now, or do you Oof. have a different? Um, let me look. I will say, uh, multiple ACC coaches agree with you both. They've said that at tip off, and they've reiterated that multiple times. Um, either I've been in our person or I've seen their post game comments. There will probably, I mean, unless Duke finishes and runs the table, <laughs> the ACC champion will have at least a couple losses, um, right. more than likely. Um, who would I pick as the favorite now? That's an interesting one. Probably Notre Dame. I just think they have the size to compete with everybody and the outside shooting, although I wouldn't totally count out NC State if they can kind of get their act all the way back together again. Injuries have affected them. Um, I would probably pick Notre Dame or the Wolfpack. Um Hedging a little bit, which I know isn't great, but I think um, those two, and then obviously if Virginia Tech, um, it'll be interesting to see with the Wusu having missed this much time, um, how she gels back in, also being a transfer, for so being her first season on the team, and then, but if they have Kitley going again, I think Virginia Tech, but I think I would either pick Notre Dame or NC State. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think the Virginia Tech situation is going to be harder with Owusu missing so much time because, like you said, she's a transfer. You kind of needed some time to get those pieces to figure each other out and play together. And now that you've missed that time, I think trying to gel pieces into, you know, February and March is harder. Yeah, so I kind of, into the middle of ACC play. is Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Less than ideal for them. But yeah, I, I think I would lead towards Notre Dame as well, especially because I think when you look at it from more of like a national picture, I feel like Notre Dame is the team that jumps out as like if you're picking a team from this league that you're saying is like a, a national title contender. I think it's probably pretty clearly Notre Dame right now when they've got, like you said, they've got the size to compete. They've got a pretty versatile roster. Olivia Miles, I think, is 
a huge part of that and just like the star power and the the point guard that can really get it done so I think to me they're the favorites but I think one of the key things too is going to be like can they really separate themselves or is it like are they you know is it really Notre Dame might win it all but is it a close race between them NC State Virginia Tech throw you know North Carolina Duke in that mix as well so they have an interesting schedule just flipping over and looking at that their next few because they lost last night obviously and then they have Wake Forest hanging out near the bottom Syracuse again better than we thought they'd be but middling I think it's fair to say Clemson lower middling and then much improved Virginia so they don't have a really really tough game I don't think with all due respect to those teams until they come back to rally um because they have Virginia at home Florida State at home those aren't going to be easy games but I think the fact that they'll be in Purcell will help their um in addition to the fact that I think they would win that game regardless the fact that it's at home they're both at home would help them too um so I think at the end of the month North Carolina State here in the triangle might be their next big test yeah and that certainly should be a very interesting one I think as you're looking at where they are. I mean, assuming they kind of take care of business in that stretch as they should, because I think that's going to become, as we look at how much these top teams are going to beat up on each other, a big part of who's going to win this conference is going to come down to who takes care of business in the games that they should win. Yeah. The other thing with that uh, Notre Dame NC State game is it will, barring knock on all the wood, obviously for everybody injuries, um, barring re-aggravation or whatever that'll give both Boyd and Johnson time to get back in the flow so that should be a really good matchup with those two against um Miles yeah for sure I think that one's gonna be a definite one I mean there's a lot of ACC games to circle on the calendar slash really all of them because it seems like every night in and night out every team can give someone a run for the money but yeah that's a, that's a, a big one in terms of conference standings I think in terms of the national picture that game is going to be a, a really big one NC State has an interesting run between now and then. They actually only have two games. Um, they have Miami at home, and then they're going to Louisville, which definitely not as easy as Notre Dame's road. And then kind of like maybe not the top tier right now, but definitely like the upper chunk, I think is fair to say, on both of those teams, um, especially with Miami pulling off the two upsets in a row. Um, that game is at home, which will be nice for the Wolfpack, but definitely a little more tricks for the wolf pack than the fighting irish before their meeting yes definitely speaking of miami i feel like we should talk about them some because i feel like they were a team that i don't think anyone expected too much for them in this conference i mean i think people thought they were going to be decent but not maybe to the level that they have so far in terms of the upsets that they've pulled off and i think they're really improving the the depth of what the acc looks like this year So that's been interesting because they've been without Destiny Harden, who most of you will remember from her absolutely crazy performance to beat Louisville in the ACC tournament last year. She's been out with an injury. Um, But like you mentioned, they pulled off an upset at home for two upsets at home first against then top 25, I believe number 22 at the time. Yep. Number 22 at the time, North Carolina by four. And then they came back and they beat Virginia tech number nine at the time by 11, I believe. Yep. 11. Um, But the interesting part is Jasmine Roberts, who's a sophomore for them, got her first start ever because she's only a sophomore in the UNC game. 
and led the team in rebounds and then turned around in the Virginia Tech game and scored 23 points, which is her career high by a full eight points. So at the same time, it kind of sucks to see Harden out, and that's a tough pill to swallow for Miami because she obviously can be their spark, as we saw last March. Um, Roberts coming out basically flamethrowing in that game against Virginia Tech, and then you add in uh, Fresno State transfers, Haley and Hannah Cavender, especially Haley, um, who's leading the team in scoring. And Well, those are two big upsets to go into um, to get rolling in conference play. Yeah, and Haley's been fantastic in particular, I think, for them since conference play started. She's averaging, I think it's 17 points per game so far in ACC play and shooting 50% from three. So she's been a huge spark for them offensively and helping pull off some of those those upsets and the, the solid start to their season as well. So I think, you know, a team that you're going to have to keep an eye on as they match up, especially once they get Harden back with, with these top teams. Yeah, I mean, Harden not only can give them a spark offensively but she can kind of shut down the other team's best players and then but and that was really it was interesting to me because obviously Roberts had the huge offensive performance the Hurricanes beat Georgia Tech by not Georgia Tech pardon Virginia Tech by 11 um at home but even with that big offensive performance they shot a decent chunk above both their field goal and um three-point percentage but Haley Cavender in the postgame said that their defense is their bread and butter and like I said earlier uh this is only the the Hurricanes are only the second team this season to hold Virginia Tech below or to beat Virginia Tech from three point land. Yeah, definitely. I think they've been a fun surprise in this league and making it kind of the chaos that we've seen and the depth that we've seen. I think Duke might still win for fun fun surprises. Yeah. Yes. Um, <laughs> fun and unexpected surprises. Although I guess if you like more offensive firepower, maybe. Duke's not your thing, but I think they No, no, I think Duke has been a very pleasant surprise, too. I like watching defense. I particularly hate <laughs> when teams play horrible defense. Um, kind of on that note of fun surprises, I feel like Florida State's another team that fits into that, that category, especially because of just how insanely good Latson has been. Yeah, I, uh, I was excited um, in that game where Florida State beat UNC because it was my first chance to see her live and it was really interesting to me because not only is she like averaging 27 I was just looking at this 24.7 I transposed my numbers 24.7 points a game which is fifth best in the country for anyone not just freshmen swept every freshman of the week award until this week in the conference and is probably unless something changes going to win national freshman of the year um with apologies to a few others um it was interesting to me in that unc game because she didn't have a great first half shooting wise but she still found big ways to contribute um i can't remember all of her stats but i think that's what i was most impressed by is that she wasn't shooting well she still found a way to be in the game for her team and kind of contribute and um still be kind of the spark not i've been using the spark too much this this episode but kind of like still being able to keep her team in the game even when she wasn't shooting well and it was kind of really impressive to see yeah i've also seen her play in person when she played uh uconn out here at mohegan sun and their i don't know what they called it some hall of fame classic tournament yeah yeah i was really impressed with her i would even go as farther to say i mean i think she's very clearly the front runner for national freshman of the year but i think she's 
got a conversation for an All-American type season as well at this point. I think she's top five in wind chairs in the country. A lot of her metrics are, are really high up there, and I think we will probably see her get some nods on All-American teams this season as well. So I think she's yeah. really impressed. So in that UNC game, she only had five first-half points, but she managed to pull down four rebounds, dished out three assists, had a block and two steals. Um, also had three turnovers, but that's still not bad. But she ended up with 21 points because she then turned around in the second half. And I wrote my roundup kind of Florida State took a page out of UNC's book and came out blazing in the second half um, and came out better and had 16 points in the second half and still had four more rebounds, three more and three more assists. So I think, yeah, I think, I think, like you said, she'll get some nods for pretty much every major award. Yeah, yeah, it's just been a, a really fun player to watch kind of come out of nowhere. I shouldn't say come out of nowhere, but I don't think anyone was expecting necessarily yes. that Florida State was going to be someone that had something that was going to be an All-American consideration this season. And I think she's very clearly made a case for that to start out the year. Yeah. And with the first year head goal, technically a first year head coach, I should say, uh, Coach Wyckoff served as interim one summer. I was stepped down to, for her mother's health, but basically a first first time head coach um it's kind of cool to see as well yeah yeah I think a team that is even if they're not going to you know win the ACC this year has very much exceeded expectations for where people thought they would be coming into the year I think there's a yeah I think you can put I don't think anyone thought Miami was going to be this good I don't think anyone thought um Virginia might be the other other team that a lot of people, Virginia and Syracuse, other teams with first year head coaches, well exceeding expectations as well. So shout out to coach Jack and coach Mox. Yeah. I think Virginia, right. They re- like surpassed their win total from last year. Like I feel like it was like three weeks into the season that they suppressed yeah. their win total from last year. So was, yeah. definitely a very good turnaround going there. They've got some fun new pieces. I got Mira McLean who might've gotten injured this weekend. So hopefully she's okay, but UConn transfer, Sam Brunel, who's a, a Notre Dame transfer. So a lot of new pieces on that roster that seem to be coming together well. Um, and definitely a, a big step forward for Virginia yeah, from where they were. I don't think anyone coming to the season would have seen that 21-point win over Penn State. Like Penn State, middle, bottom of the Big Ten, but still after the season Virginia had last year. I don't think anyone would have seen. They might have seen the win, but definitely not the margin. Yeah, I think they've had a handful of games, or even just their ability, even in some of these games that they've lost to keep them close, I think has been impressive as well. So a team to, I don't think they're going to do much, make a lot of noise this year, but I think they're on the right track and we're going to probably in the coming years see them make some good strides forward. Yeah, there have been a lot of, I mean, there's, I think, should know this off the top of my head, but I don't anymore. If you'd asked me when I was writing my preview, I could have told you. I think there's four new head coaches. Is it four? Wake Forest has new – yeah, Wake Forest, Florida State, Virginia, Syracuse, all with new head coaches. So four new head coaches and some exciting freshmen, I think, has definitely contributed to some of the chaos and some of the fun. Yeah, definitely. It's been a very fun league, I think. As we like look forward, I mean, I feel like it's becoming a point where like ACC play on Thursdays and, and Sundays is like must watch television. And I think when we get to the ACC tournament, it's going to be absolutely wild. Like that tournament is going to be must see television every round. Oh, I'm excited for Greensboro. And then um, one other note on kind of the new fun 
parts have been some of the freshmen, obviously Latson we talked about, uh, Tana Mayer who took the player of the week award or freshman of the week award from lots in the season. Then Ruby Whitehorn for Clemson has been a lot of fun to watch too, because she's um, quick and can really get up on the rebounds, especially, and uh, definitely contributed to that win over Virginia Tech. Definitely. Definitely. A lot of young talent, which is always fun to see for the, the future of the league as well going forward. Well, that's going to be all for today's episode. Thanks Marissa for hopping on. You're welcome. As always, make sure you rate, like, and subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening to us. Also, be sure to subscribe to the stats site, herhoopstats.com, for all your NCAA stats needs. Subscribe to our free newsletter on Substack, and be sure to follow us on social media at herhoopstats on all platforms. Thanks again for listening. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader, like that car riding your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on Auto Trader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.